Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Are you all going tonight? It's kind of one of those nights where you feel like you could snack on something, don't you? Find out what's going down. Aren't these things amazing? French fries. I got people asking for them. He must be from Invercargill. Harsh but fair. French fries, aren't they just the most amazing invention you've ever had in your life? Hot chips. They're like a faithful friend, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're just like, they're always there. They're part of your life. In fact, they're better than a friend because you can always rely on a hot chip, right? I mean, somebody else might not text you, but these you can literally roll up to McDonald's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, and they're just always going to be there. I love them, don't you? In fact, I'm allergic to dairy products. You might not know that about me, which means that basically all desserts are off the table. I mean, I can't have ice cream, no gel. I mean, this is the world I live in, guys. There is no tiramisu for me. There is no, no cake. I can't even have apple grumble. Apple grumble is made with butter. I mean, you would think apples, you can have it, but no, not for Cameron. So I go to a restaurant and this is literally as exciting as it gets. This is my racy moment, guys. I get a hot chip. I mean, they're just always there for you, aren't they? They're, they're just on offer in every cafe, every restaurant. Put your hand up, every location. If you've ever been to a cafe where they did not serve hot chips, go. There is literally like five hands in this auditorium. That's the most I've had the entire weekend. They're always there. I mean, you know, and they turn a boring meal into a good meal, don't they? I mean, you know, if someone serves up for you plain fish and vegetables, you're like, oh. And then they say, but we've got hot chips. You're like, oh, that's all right. That's okay. I mean, if you've got children, most of you don't. But when you do, one thing you'll learn is that they don't like all kinds of things. But every kid on the planet likes these. They're absolutely amazing, aren't they? That is a cure-all, a guaranteed win. They're absolutely amazing. I've got a question for you. Where did they come from? I mean, the other day I was actually at a McDonald's. This is a true story. I mean, it's a few years ago now. But I was at a kid's birthday party and a kid was hoeing down on McDonald's French fries. He's about maybe five or six years old. I rolled up to him and I said, buddy, where did they come from? He said, the kitchen. You know, <laughs> you know, kids talk full of confidence, no knowledge. You know what I mean? It's just... I said, yeah, what, what, about, what about before the kitchen? He went, uh, the box, the box. I saw them bring in the box. And I'm like, yeah, and what about that? And he was stumped. He had no idea. You would be amazed to discover that these actually come from a vegetable. I'm going to blow your mind. A vegetable called a potato. This is a potato. This is a French fry. And one comes from the other. You taking notes? I hope you are. This vegetable has been a staple vegetable, a part of human nutrition for literally millennium of human history. It is extremely easy to grow. It grows beneath the ground, which means that it's impervious to frost, handles a lot more climates, not so easily taken by bugs and blights. So it lives beneath the surface. It's always been easy to grow. It's a tool to feed the masses. And literally, it's been a core part of our human diet for literally millennium of human history. I know if you're out there and you're all like keto up, you're like, bind the devil, potato bad, you know. 
sausage good. But the truth is, my friends, that there's nothing wrong with a sausage. I mean, with a, you can tell I'm hungry. There's nothing wrong with a potato or a sausage in Jesus' mighty name. But what happened was about 150 years ago, somebody got a little idea. They decided this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna take this, right? And we're gonna chop it up into little tiny fingers. These are all broken, every single one. We're gonna top, chop it up into little tiny fingers, okay? Then we're gonna immerse it in saturated fat. That's a good idea. We're gonna, we're gonna cook it in saturated fat for you know, a little bit of time at extremely high temperatures until every nutritional element has been drained out and every, every, every you know, detrimental thing has filled it, every, everything that pollutes the body and contaminates the liver and robs us of vitality is just all the way through it. And then because that's not enough, we're gonna take it back out of the, the, the fat and we're gonna, we're gonna take artery hardening salt and we're just gonna, just gonna shake it all over it, yeah. And then this is what we're gonna do. Once we've, once we've drained it of everything nutritional, made it the ultimate bliss point in terms of human food consumption. We're gonna, we're gonna hold up this thing that isn't actually food and we're gonna go, here is food and we're gonna sell it to the masses and now it has become the number one most sold food on the planet. And we're gonna remember that there was a time only a couple of hundred years ago where people were dying because they couldn't get enough potatoes. Now we're dying because we're having too many of these. We got heart attacks, we're obese, we got problems, we're draining of energy, all because of these. And like a massive enabler, there's just a McDonald's on every corner, right? Doesn't matter where you go, whether you be in Christchurch or Whangarei or Hamilton or Wellington or Lower Hutt or Dunedin, there is a McDonald's literally everywhere you go. And it's just so hard because the truth is they taste so flipping good, don't they? I mean, they're awesome. They're great. I love them. I want them. I mean, I, I eat well so much of the time, but these, these are just so hard to give up. I've tried so many times. I put a screensaver on my phone. I don't eat chips. I kept it up for about six months and then I fell back into it like an addict with a drug. They're just so amazing. French fries, French fries, French fries and sex. It feels like they have a lot in common, doesn't it? French fries and sex. I mean, when you think about it, just like McDonald's is on every corner, we've taken this thing that we call sex and we've made it, we've made it overt, we've made it obvious, we've made it everywhere. And now in every page you turn, everywhere that you go, every ad that you look at, every sign that you see, every image that comes up in front of you, we are a culture that is prolific with French fries, and sex. I mean, when you think about it, every TV show that you watch, right, it's full of sex. And it feels to me, like as an older person now, that it's getting more overt and more explicit every single year. Our movies are full of sex. Our news feeds, news feeds. You know, we can hear about a threat of a, a, a there's been a terror attack and Iran is, you know, launching things against oil and Saudi Arabia. Oh, and by the way, ex-celebrity had a boob job. And it's all right there, given equal status. In fact, more young people are probably like, oh, Iran, boring, boring. Oh, click. 
is all right there. I mean, sex is everywhere. It's in, a, it's in our social media stream. It's, it's how products are marketed to us. It's on every Netflix show, every Amazon Prime show. It's just sex, 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 sex. We have women's magazines now that have articles on how to do it, right? How, this is how you can have sex. Men, well, we've never been good in instruction manuals. We just look at the pictures. And you could easily say that the two most overt things, two most iconic things about the culture in which we live is chips and sex. When you look at the internet, you I mean you're all users of the internet, everybody here's consuming it. It's how you get by, it's how you find out everything you need to know. 36% of all of the content on the internet is pornography. 36%. 36%. That's over one third of all of the voluminous information on the internet is pornography. And that's just what's overt enough to come into that category. I think we can all agree there's a lot beneath the threshold that kind of should be above it. And then when we think about this, 1.7 million people at any one time in the planet streaming a pornographic video at any one time. We are a culture that is just full of sex, 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 sex. We're a fake food world and we're a sex-obsessed generation. Is this not true? And when we look at our food, guys, the truth is we took a potato, we took a potato that's tremendously beneficial, feeds the masses, keeps people alive, makes sure that everybody, no matter whether you're rich or poor, live in a, a vulnerable climate or whether everything's ideal with greenhouses, everybody can get something to eat every day of the week. We took a potato and we turned it into this. We took milk, right? And what we did was we stripped it of all the whey protein, all of the children's baby formula, sold that all to China, took what was left over, and then we kind of packaged it up in a white little substance, charged $5.80 and called it milk, right? Then we, then we took wheat and we genetically modified it, made it easier, faster, more commercially viable to grow, pumped up the gluten about 14,000 times higher than it was before, and we keep selling it as wheat. And what's the impact? The impact is we have a generation of people who, like me, are lactose intolerant. We have a, a generation of people who are gluten intolerant. We have a generation of people getting fat and obese because they've been eating too many of these and not enough of these. And the truth is, my friends, that we're gonna ask a question. And here's my question for everybody in this room tonight. Is it true that we sifted, filtered, changed, adapted, and modified all of our food and kept going like nothing had happened? Is it also true that we took sex, this beautiful thing, this pure, intimate, fulfilling, comforting, and life-giving thing, did, did we sift it? Did we modify it? Did we drain it? of its life-giving properties and then profilate it like we did at McDonald's on every street corner. I think we did. And the truth is, friends, that I'm one of the many that has joined a real food revolution. For me, the truth is I really don't eat a lot of these and I, there's a lot of food, most foods that you would call junk food would never touch my mouth because I wanna give my body the chance at being whole. I wanna give my life the chance of fulfilling its highest potential. I wanna be an energized father. I wanna be a present husband. And I wanna be good at the job that God's called me to do. So for me, I'm saying, give me real food. And I think that maybe what we need is a, uh, not just a food revolution in our culture. Maybe we need a sexual revolution. 
Maybe we need a bunch of young people, especially in our church, who are going to start saying, give me real food and give me real sex. I don't want this stripped down version. I don't want this simply physical thing. I want, I want the full package. I want, I want it as it's supposed to be. I don't want milk light. I want it real. I don't want it, I don't want it French fry. I want it potato. I don't want it, I don't want it stripped down and modified. I want it as it was supposed to be. Amen. Because the truth is, friends, we've got to ask ourselves the question in our day and age, what's real food against fake food? And a more important question, honestly, than anything you could ever consume with your mouth, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what is real sex? What is real sex? And the first thing that I want everybody in this room to understand tonight, you've got to know this, you've got to know this, is that real sex comes from God. Real sex comes from God. The truth is, friends, that you might have been shocked to learn as a child that this comes from this. And you may have been exposed to all kinds of different sexual imagery, seen all kinds of things, been showing something on a smartphone when you were only like maybe 10 years old. But the truth is, guys, that you, are, you could realize tonight and it would change your life that real sex comes from God. God created sex. And for this, I give him praise. Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. Three people clap. Hundreds of people look awkward. But God created sex. In fact, the first reference to sex in the Bible is only in the second chapter. We're, in some Bibles, we're still on the first page. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. This is what the Bible says. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united, notice that word, to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. United, one flesh. These are references, not to kind of holding hands. That's hubba hubba ding ding. That's... These are, these are sexual references saying that these are, this is what happens when two people come together and God, He doesn't have a problem with sex. You're allowed to say amen to that. God is not disgusted by sex. God, God doesn't think that sex is dirty. No, God created sex. He celebrates sex. He blesses sex. Hey, listen, guys, just, to, just remember that God is the one who took Eve and presented Eve to Adam in the garden, okay? Before the fall, I personally believe that pimples and cellulite are the result of sin in the world, right? They were, the, they were just like the optimal human beings, the prime specimens. And the Bible says that God presented Eve to Adam and they were both naked. Oh, come on, you all know what happened next. They didn't just look at each other. I feel like I need to stop there, right? You know, I'm just walking on a knife edge for a moment. But God rejoiced over that scenario. God's fine with sex. He doesn't have an issue with sex. In fact, in Proverbs chapter five, the Bible talks about sex and it says, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breasts satisfy you always and may you ever be captivated by her love. That's biblical advice and blessing. God's saying, listen, man, when you get married for the rest of your life, God's saying, just have fun together. Enjoy sex. Have a lot of sex. Go for it. May you rejoice it. You know, enjoy. Maybe, may it be always pleasurable. God is not saying, dirty, only necessary for procreation. I hate fun. I wish you'd all stop it. God's like, no. God's quite the opposite. He's like, have at it, man. Go for it. I'm fine with it. 
God is saying to each and every one of you, of us, He's saying, man, may you enjoy each other's bodies. And the good news, friends, the good news that I have for you tonight is that you can actually be extremely healthy and eat a lot of potatoes. Did you know that? Come on, you keto people. It's true. There's a lot of nutrients in here. You can bind the devil all you want, but I'm telling you, there's been a lot of very, very healthy people who've eaten a lot of potatoes. And the truth is, you can, but you can't eat a lot of these. These will, these will make you obese. These will harden your arteries. These will kill you. And I'm preaching to myself more than anybody else in the room. Yes, John, hear this sermon. I know, you need to hear it. But the truth is <laughs> that these are bad and these are good. And God is not saying you can't have sex. God is saying you can have a lot of sex. But the sex that God wants you to have is not fake sex, but real sex. And God actually has a recipe for real sex. Believe it or not, I've already kind of given it to you. In Genesis 2 verse 24, this is what the Bible says. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So we've got husband, we've got wife. In Proverbs, it says, may you always rejoice in your wife. So God is saying, listen, have at it, have fun. But He's saying sex, sex is so powerful and so special, it needs to be used right. God is saying the recipe for real sex is marital sex. Sex within a committed relationship of two people who are saying we're serious about each other before we're serious about our bodies. The second thing is that real sex not only comes from God, but real sex is fulfilling and pure. There are so many benefits to sex in a marriage, so many. I mean, sex is fulfilling, sex is rewarding, sex is comforting. Sex brings a husband and a wife together. In fact, when you guys get married, the truth is that what happens in sex is once you start to have it with somebody, then you start to get the cycle of where you want it every few days. And this is a beautiful part of a marital relationship because the desire for it causes a healthy cycle of renewed interest, courting, intimacy, where you're pulled back together again. I mean, when a, when a husband goes away and he's about to come home again, he sends his wife flowers. He does that for two reasons. The first is that he misses her. And the second is that he misses her. <laughs> sex inside of a marriage is fun. It's healthy. There are a bunch of positive impacts that sex inside of a marriage actually brings to people. The first one is that it's exercise. For a lot of husbands, <laughs> climbing stairs, and that's all they get. I mean, that... Sex is mentally positive. I mean, when you, when you have it, you feel happy, rejoiceful. You get an endorphin rush. You feel sleepy. It's great. Sex leads to children, which is an awesome thing. We should celebrate that. We need more kids in New Zealand. We have a negative birth rate. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27, though, the Bible makes this reference about sex. It says, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Now, go home and read that passage, Proverbs 6, 27. Every verse around it is an explicit reference to sex. And the Bible's saying in the middle of like, this is who you should have sex with, this is who you shouldn't have sex with. In the middle of it, it says, can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Okay, so it's saying sex is like fire. All right, sex, this sex is on fire. It's saying, it's saying the sex is like fire. And it says, if you take the fire from the right context, 
and you bring it to the wrong one. If it was okay over here, but then you put it in your lap, this is not gonna be good for you. This is going to be harmful for you. In the fireplace, it's gonna be a blessing. Outside of the fireplace, it's going to be a dangerous thing or a harmful thing. And the Bible's saying to you and me, if you take sex outside of marriage, it's going to hurt you. And the truth is, guys, for every young person, especially who's hearing this message up and down New Zealand tonight, the truth is that you are part of a culture that is just prolific with sex. And the reason why is because you're being marketed by sex. You're being told all the time, this product is better than this one because it's more sexy. You should, you should watch this program because we'll give you enough of a little hit of skin and flesh that you feel this little kind of dopamine thing going off in your brain where we've been sexually exploited all of the time and we're, as a result, being sent a message all the time. Have sex with anyone. Go for it. It's just sex, 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 sex. I mean, today we've got an app for everything, don't we? I mean, we, 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 we tried to find our way here tonight, so we pulled up Google Maps. We've got, a, we've got an app for that. And then, then we want to we wanna order our food. And, you know, uh, my, my daughter was at school the other day, didn't like the lunchbox mum sent, so she ordered food to her school on Uber Eats. <laughs> the world has changed. We've got, we've got apps for everything. We've got, we've got an app so that we can manage our money. And we've got an app so that we can order a taxi. Now you can just Uber everywhere. I do it all over the world. I love it. Did it in Chile this year. Discovered it was illegal, but I did it anyway. I mean, you can just, you can get wherever you want to go. We've got an app for everything. We've got an app for sex now. We've got lots of them. I mean, the biggest one, obviously, is Tinder. Tinder just crossed one billion swipes. One, well, sorry, not one billion, one trillion, one trillion swipes. It's a number I can't even connect with. That's so big. It's just like, we're just like, oh, we just, I feel like sex. I feel like, feel like pizza, Uber Eats. I feel like sex, Tinder. I mean, it's just an amazing scenario where sex has become like a French fry, where it's just so stripped down to just a raw physical act that, by the way, is not making people happy. It's not... It's not making us, not making us good. It's not, it's not giving us the joy that we want. Team, young people, can I just tell you, the data is back and it's abundantly clear. There's no vagueness. I mean, no one's gonna put this in an advert because no one wants to pay for it. But the truth is the data is back and the data is clear. Meaningless sex and pornography do not make your life better. There's nobody out there with data to back that up. No one, no one. The truth is, when we think about porn, people who use porn are more likely to be depressed, way higher rates of depression. They, they, they have higher feelings of loneliness. They struggle to know sexual fulfillment in a real world with a real person. Really gets people confused because your perceptions are so morphed and even what you feel you should be seeing becomes very, very clouded because it's not the same in real life as it is in an airbrushed and carefully angled movie. And the truth is, friends, it, when people are full of pornography, they struggle to know intimacy in any a personal relationship. Pornography changes your brain the same way that heroin does. 
It gives you such a hit. It is such an instant high that it realigns the chemicals in your brain. That's why it is so tremendously addictive and why it is so incredibly destructive. And here's the problem. It's 36% of what's on the internet is deemed pornography. But man, we got a thousand things beneath it, don't we? A thousand social media accounts with just a lot of flesh and not a lot of clothing. And a thousand TV shows with just a little racy scene and a (laughs) breathing in the background. You know what I'm talking about? Just enough to, (laughs) I feel like you like that, so I did it again. But, you know, just... (laughs) just enough to kind of get us excited. And, and the problem is, the problem is that we risk being a generation who have our brains ride the wrong way. And so it seems like it's great because everybody's doing it, but the question is, is everyone happy? And the answer is they're not, they're not. In fact, when we actually just come to sex and relationships, people who have sex outside of a committed relationship have far lesser enjoyment of sex. It's true. The data is in, the data is clear. People who have sex outside of committed relationships don't enjoy sex so much. There's much higher rates amongst men of feeling like a sexual failure when they're not in a committed relationship, which means that you don't feel confident, dwarfed in performance. Why? Because it actually takes time and practice and commitment and love and nurture and conversation to develop a healthy sexual relationship. So we have a generation of young men who are bragging to their buddies about a sexual exploit and full of details, maybe in their hostel dorm room, you know, like just bragging about the latest conquest, but in their heart, they don't feel like they perform well. Whereas it's actually men that are in committed relationships who are learning to fulfill their wives, who are then actually getting this, wow, darling, you did great tonight. I'd flippin' did, didn't I? (laughs) the man around here. That's what I am. (laughs) Women who have sex outside of committed relationships have a 50% lesser orgasm rate, which simply just means they don't enjoy it. They go through it, but they don't get pleasure out of it. No climax in it which means that we've got a problem because God has a plan for us that our lives are whole, fulfilled, beautiful, and rich. And God invented sex. You gotta remember that. It's not, it's not a marketing company's tool. It's not, it's not something that belongs to the devil. It belongs to God. And God said, real sex is great and I wanna give it to you and I've got a plan for how you can get it. And the third thing that we need to understand about sex tonight, guys, is that real sex is important. It's actually important. I mean, we talked about this fire thing, right? And we talked about how the sex is like fire. You remember that just a minute ago? And how we've got to keep the fire in the fireplace. Well, here's the thing. Fire is incredibly powerful. I mean, I love fire. Anybody else out there love a real fire? I don't have one at my house. Three times a year, I go away on a little prayer retreat for a couple of days and I go to a cabin and it has a real fire. And I don't care if it's 30 degrees in the middle of February. I light a fire every time. I don't care. Because fire, I mean, it's fire, right? It's just the coolest thing ever. It's not even an electronic phone and I'm, I just stare at it for ages. I look, I look at it longer than I look at Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, fire, fire. I'm like stoking it and throwing things in there and I get it into a raging furnace, strip of all my clothes if I have to, I just gotta keep the fire going, you know what I'm saying? It's like fire, fire. I shouldn't say strip of all my clothes in a sex sermon, but anyway, that was awkward. Let's keep going. The thing about fire, team, is that fire warms you. It does. 
And it, fire fuels you, and that's, that's important as well. It's, it fuels things. And in a marriage, sex plays a significant role. I mean, we, we used to talk about, and we need to keep talking about it as we're launching here, a sexual revolution. We need to talk about it, how we'd say on a, on a marriage night, a husband and wife would consummate their relationship that, because they would actually come together physically for the first time. That's literally my marriage. The first time I ever had sex with Jillian was on my wedding night. We consummated our wedding. And that's actually the way God designed it. Not just once, but so that there would be this healthy element to a marriage relationship where people would come back together. Come to, you come together on your wedding night and then you'd keep coming together on a regular basis. It gives life to the marriage and health to the marriage and it brings us back together because what we want and need, we can only get from our spouse. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the thing about sex is that sex does warm us. It's romantic, it's emotional, it's comforting, it's intimate. Uh, sex makes you feel good. And this is what God wants. He said, I wanna warm you. I wanna give you something beautiful. This is my gift to you. Have at it. And the second thing that sex does though is sex actually does fuel us. It fuels us. It fuels us. I mean, we, we sent a boat from one side of the world to the other just by making a steam engine. We could literally get that much power out of, out of fire, fire that would create the steam, that would then send it. We did it with a locomotion, with a, with a train. We could send a train from one end of the country to the other. And fuel, fuel, the fire is like a fuel for us. And when it comes to sex, sex is like a fuel. I mean, the truth is, guys, that when you get married and you start having sex, here's the reality. You don't get sex if you don't treat your spouse well. Maybe that's a revelation for somebody, but the truth is, the truth is about sex that it's motivating. You're gonna, you're gonna do things that are good things, like treat people well, clean up after yourself, because that moment's coming. And here's the problem. The problem, the problem with the culture of fake food and fake sex is that if we, if we make sex about a one night stand or casual sex, about a teenage fling or a Tinder hookup, the truth is that what we're doing is we're, we're giving something very stripped down, very empty, that actually could have so much more impact in a life. I mean, let me give an example. If I said to my children, kids, here is your dinner and here's a bowl of ice cream. They would never eat their vegetables, never eat their vegetables if they got to eat ice cream first. But what I do is I say, kids, if you eat all of your vegetables, then you get a scoop of ice cream. Because of the order of things, then they do the right behavior. Does this make sense? And when it comes to men, what makes men actually engage in the emotional side of relationships is partly the knowledge that if we talk this thing through, if we work this thing out emotionally, which is extremely uncomfortable for men, we have our best conversations like this, not like this. So when we start connecting with a woman, that makes us very uncomfortable. But in the back of our minds, we're like. <laughs> if I don't do this, I don't get ice cream. And that's why real sex is so important. It's really, really important because it keeps us coming back together. I'm not saying it should be a tool. I'm just saying it's an essential part of a healthy relationship. 
And here's the problem. If, if I have sex with someone on the first date, then I actually awaken now a, a drive, a sex drive within me, and that, that person might be the wrong person for me. They literally might be going in a totally different direction, and they might be literally could just take me not in the place that I want to go with my life or they could just be the wrong person. But if I have sex with them on the first date, the problem is that I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be like, ah, oh, I don't know. And then two days later, I've got that, I've got that desire. And we're drawn back to a person that we actually haven't committed our lives to. That's why God said, hold up on that stuff. Take a slow game on the sex. Wait till it's a committed relationship. Wait till marriage. And firstly, before you engage this thing that's going to keep you coming back, Make sure that you're with the right person. And then this will keep you coming back to the right person. Do you see the beauty of God's eternal plan? And that's why, guys, I'm telling everybody in our church, let's start a sexual revolution. Let's, let's say no to every marketing company, every pervasive message, every Hollywood producer that's worked out if they can show you enough flesh on a regular basis that they'll keep you coming back to their show, binge watching their Netflix account. This is gonna keep you hooked, keep you addicted, make you rate, make you review. Let's say no to all of that. And let's, let's find our way out of the French, fruit, French fry culture and get back to the real food. Let's get away from this stripped down version of sex and let's find some real sex. Come on, if you're with me today, can you give me a little amen out there today? The band in every campus can come and join me. Do it quietly here in Christchurch. It's like a megaphone when you guys come up. But anyway, let's keep going. The thing about real sex that we need to understand, guys, here's my final point. Real sex starts today. Real sex starts today. Several years ago, I realized in my life that the food that I was eating was making me tired and lethargic and that I was feeling drained all the time and I wasn't optimistic and I wasn't there for people. And I massively changed the way that I ate physically. Here's what I didn't do. I didn't look around and go, man, I regret that pizza. I wish I hadn't eaten cake. I just went, whoa, hang on a minute. The way I'm eating now, I feel like I've got more energy. The way I'm living now, I feel more optimistic. Oh my gosh, I actually have got greater dreams for tomorrow because of the choices I'm making today. My desire for this message is not that anybody hearing it looks backward and goes, I'm terrible or I'm unclean or I've done the wrong things. No, but this is what I want you to know. Whether you've been consuming porn or casual sex or letting yourself get carried along by pervasive culture, here's what I would say. Let's make a decision today. We're not gonna be the fake food, French fry, fake sex generation. We're going to be the real sex generation. We want it good. We want it real. We want it whole. We want it happy. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to have lasting intimacy and real relationships. Is there anybody here in this talk tonight who would join me on a sexual revolution that we could live God's plan and find the life that God has for us. Can you say a little amen if that's you tonight? I think God's got a greater plan for us than just that we get caught up in the trap of the culture. Why don't you stand your feet together today, every person. Congratulations, we did it. We did it. We talked about sex in church and we made it. You, you just tap three people and say, it's okay, it's done, it's done, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay, you made it. 
Guys, listen to me for one more minute. Everybody, every campus, not everything that glitters is gold. And not everything that's been marketed to you is going to help you. You have to realise there is only one person in all the world who loves you for you. The marketing company loves you for your wallet. A a cultural message loves you for your compliance. But God loves you because you're special, because you're brilliant, because you're unique. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to give you life, give you substance, give you wholeness. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. And then He died on the cross so that we could have it. So let's be a generation that embrace the life that Jesus has bought for us. I need everybody in every campus to give God some praise. Come on. That's the life God has for us. Come on, let me pray for you, every person. Let's pray, and then we're gonna say amen and release this link together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would awaken, 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 awaken something on the inside of us to understand your plan. You love us, you love every person. I'm speaking to a group of mainly young people this evening that I believe, Lord, you have called and appointed and anointed, and you want them to have a rich life and a fulfilling life. You don't want them to get caught up in a bunch of messages that are being sent to them by people and marketing companies and environments that maybe don't richly care about them, but you love us, Jesus. You've got something great for us. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would reveal your eternal plan to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, and let's give God some praise. Come on. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.